0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we are going to be talking about Knights of the Sky. Yeah. Now, let me ask you a question, Aaron. Mm. Um, Have you ever been... What's the closest you've ever come to being a knight?
2: Well, let's see. I eat at White Castle...
0: Not not often. I mean, there's not really well, one. I,
2: there's not one near here, but I have mm-hmm. eaten there before. I have ridden a horse once when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you ever?
0: Have you ever participated in any sort of Renaissance fair?
2: Yes, yes. I've been to a couple of Renaissance fairs. I didn't participate in one per se, mm. unless you count. Like, I went to one at Marshall. Uh, and these guys were wearing homemade armor. You know, those things have come a long way since I was a young man, because mm-hmm. back in the old days, people would make their own armor. Now you go to one of these things and the armor looks awesome and they all look like, you know, real cool. But when I went, people made their armor out of like tin foil and pop cans and beer cans. <laughs> Less impressive. And the swords and stuff were all made of foam and crap. So I did beat the tar out of a guy with a foam uh, lance one time. So that's that probably the cool.
0: closest you've come to being a knight. Yeah, I think so. Uh, what about you? Um, I mean, you some, got a sword. Yeah, I mean, I've I've got a sword, and sometimes when I'm riding a horse, like we went over to Pipestem a couple months ago, and uh, I, I I when I was on the horse, I pretended like I was jousting. They didn't like it. Right, they didn't. Did like you that. have
2: an, an accoutrement in your hands? To pretend I did. It, I I, I sort lance? of I, I
0: I held an imaginary um lance. And show uh, us I, how you
2: held it just for for the people watching home.
0: What you do, what I've always heard, is yeah. that you take the lance and you stick it up under your armpit like that. Yeah. And then you sort of lean your head down a little bit like this and you really just lock it in. It's almost <laughs> like you're cuddling with the lance. At yeah, that well, point. you gotta love it a little. And then you just uh-huh. ride forward. Just ride That's forward.
2: That, that, is that your riding style right there? You look That's like it. a gnarled up old wizard as you're coming down the pike there. And
0: I only ride bareback. Really? It's true. It's
2: true. Kind of creepy boat. For horse. Um,
0: so, you know, The Knights of Yore are not the knights we're going to be talking about unfortunately. Today we're going to be talking about Knights of the Sky. I know
1: yeah, that man.
0: you are not a huge fan of flying. But if you were what? going to fly a plane, Aaron, what what kind of plane would you like to would you go for the World War I, you know, open cockpit style?
2: You know, ironically, I'm not a fan of like being in a plane, mm-hmm. but I am a fan of uh, the uh, the World War One uh, flying aces and whatnot. Sure, a big Red Baron fan. I actually one time I went to the uh, Air Force Museum up in Columbus, and they had parts of his plane on display, like actual recovered parts, which was awesome. You know, to be that that, that, close. that museum
0: up there in Dayton is something else. Lots of yeah. people don't know it's up there, but it's a world class museum. Oh,
2: you got it's free. Yeah. It's awesome. Holy smokes, it's a must see. How could they not know? I guess unless you're not from around here, but I mean, it's it's one of, it's the best Air Force type museum I've ever seen, and I've been to like Washington D.C. and seen all those. And this was way better than those. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, uh, if I was going to pick a, a plane to to fly around in, uh, boy, <laughs> I don't think I'd pick any World War One plane. I can tell you that. In fact, <laughs> especially the early ones, yeah, because they were called kites for a reason. They were like. canvas held together with like string and glue Mm -hmm. screw that you know i'd want something a little more i i I think like a a concord or something i like that i would i like to take a spin something like that
0: supersonic is what you're saying or
2: maybe that thing that had this the original spatial strap to it that would have been cool
0: yeah, you know, yeah. You, know you, the could, Enterprise. Uh, yeah, you could drive, you know, remember that there's those classic pictures of the space shuttle taxiing with the with the little plane and with the with the plane in front of it. That's a yeah. good pick. That's a good pick, man. Yeah. I like what it. about you? I, you know, I'm going to go the other way. I would like to fly one of those old World War One planes. Uh, yeah, there's just, you know, there's something about. The simplicity of the machine and the fact that it could still get up in the air. I mean, you look like you said, these things look like they're basically held together with nothing. Yet people went up multiple times and came back down and didn't die in some cases. And that's that's pretty incredible.
2: I agree. It would be fun to ride in one of those. But the problem is you could die. That's yes. the thing that keeps me out
1: of there. <laughs> yeah.
2: Because, you know, I was, I, uh, uh, the, there was a rep for people that entered the First World War. It's like, the, the, they were called the 20 minutes because they wouldn't make it past 20 minutes. Right. No Black Adder line. And that's, I mean, think about that. Uh, it, it ain't worth it, man. And not yeah. just because they get shot down. <laughs> right. Those planes are crap.
0: Um, now, Aaron uh, Mitsuyama says that he can imagine you doing a wing walk. Where do you stand on being a wing walker?
2: That stuff went out before I was uh, uh, around. I mean, that stuff you're talking about stuff like the 40s and 50s. These idiots out and walking around the wings of planes. Have you For been to an thing, air
0: show? I have.
2: I have been to one, one or two. My parents would take me. Mm-hmm. Um, you never they, saw a
0: wing walker out there though on the air
2: show. Well, how would you know? <laughs>
0: Well, and I figured that the, they, they do the like a low flyover. There. Maybe they'd wave at they you. They
2: can't get low enough for you to see what's going on. They're see, going in my mind, that's not
0: how it works at all. In my mind, the wing walker is actually able to get down and basically fly so close to the crowd, he can maybe like pick up a hat from somebody's head in a cheeky way and then fly off. It'd in my cheeky, mind, that's all right.
2: Because what if there's a tall guy next to the guy with the hat? Well, you got to be, be careful when they sever that guy's head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They can just pick the guy's head up, too, while he's at it. No, Wing walkers are crap. You've seen those old footage, this old uh, stock footage, from like the 40s and 50s. Oh, yeah. Where these suckers are. They've got a camera up there, dude. If you're at a, an air show, basically what you're going to see is airplanes flying in formation. Crap like that. Maybe do a couple loops. They're wing walkers, or people that are going outside the plane. You can't tell what's going on. You're they're eight million feet in the sky, dude.
0: I guess you're right. I never really thought about it that way, but doing the doing the low flyover and grabbing somebody's hat—that's just always stuck with me. That that's what wing walkers do. No, I've never seen one do that.
2: Who Hmm. would fly their plane down? Do you realize how dangerous that is?
0: That would be dangerous. Flying. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: (laughs) Unless Andre the Giant standing out there, some huge guy, (laughs) where you get point. you'd be getting the plane down to and you'd be flying your wing over spectators you'd be my god what if a, What if a kid was on his dead shoulders he'd be a dead man
0: yeah yeah probably a good idea that i don't organize these events no I think no, probably... no
2: and you want to have boat con what's uh, gonna happen at that
0: thing all right aaron let's go over let's check out what's been going on over at everythingamiga.com holy smokes boat Listen, I don't like to
2: put you over, my friend. No, you so don't. That's so I won't. I wrote this. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Boat here, You and I, I read this, and I was stunned and amazed, Boat. So you're going to have to tell the whole story of this. I'm not even going to talk. You go.
0: So the slow Norris, uh, Amigos superstar, longtime fan of the show, uh sent a uh, package with some goodies for you and some goodies for me. Mm. And one of the goodies that he sent to me was a box full of old Atari magazines. And uh you know what I like to do is when you know on Sunday afternoons when I'm watching some NFL, I'll flip through one of these one of these magazines and and see what catches my eye. And this uh this issue of Atari Connection, which is a magazine I never heard of before, uh you know I was just reading through it and boom Like a bolt out of the blue, Aaron, I saw an article where this guy from Charleston, Charleston, West Virginia, our own Charleston, not that other useless Charleston in South Carolina. The real Charleston won the Atari Star Award. In fact, um, he is uh, and it turns out that he was a chemical engineer. And so uh, I was like, well, two things. One, wow, this guy is from, uh, you know, this guy is from where we're from. And two, this guy's a chemical engineer. He might have known my dad, who's also a chemical engineer that worked for Union Carbide. Yeah. So
2: We had tons of them in
0: town back in those days. Yeah, man. And so uh, I, uh, I did some digging, and I found out that uh, the Antic Podcast had actually uh, talked to this guy before. So I reached – and his name's Mark Reed. So I reached out to Kay Savitz on Twitter, who's one of the hosts of the Antic Podcast – and I said, hey, can you, you know, put me in touch with this guy? And so he did. And so I sent him some questions to answer. And Mark was very, very generous. He wrote me this long message back, answered all of my questions, gave me some more information about what he did over at Union Carbide. And basically what I did was I took all of this and I've compiled it into an article. So if you're interested in what being a computer user was like in a West by God, Virginia, back in the early I love 80s, your map,
2: by the way. <laughs> It's got two points on it.
0: (laughs) It's the only (laughs) only points that matter. Uh, You can check this out. uh, And also, you know, if you're interested in how this guy who's basically... You know, a bedroom programmer. We hear about these bedroom programmers from England all the time, from the UK. But We had plenty of them here, too. Uh, most of the time they were older just because your average computer user was older. But uh, they wrote programs for this thing, uh, you know, in the Atari world for the APX, for the Atari Program Exchange, which basically these people would send in their programs and hope that they'd be picked as a winner. Atari got to reap the benefits of having this massive hardware or software catalog that they could sell for essentially pure profit and give away, you know, some some pretty substantial prizes. So anyway, uh, one year, Mark uh, submitted a skiing game called Downhill and it won third prize. And then the next year he won the big dog, Aaron. He won the Atari Star Award. He won twenty five grand, twenty five grand. Not a small amount of money. No, it's in the early 80s.
2: That's big money. That's big money for back then.
0: And so he talks about what he did with the money, and then, like I said, I included a slideshow with a bunch of pictures on the bottom. These are great, uh, late seventies, early eighties pictures too. Everybody's wearing brown suits. Everybody's super skinny. Uh, it's just you know, it, it reminds me of looking at all these. and Of course, they they flew this guy out to California to uh, to talk to you know to meet the top brass and everything like that. So it was a, a great experience for him. Uh, Mark is retired now. He's moved out of the state, just like most people have. Uh, he he left. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> yeah. and is now living in uh, in other parts, but he looks back on his time in Charleston with fondness. And um and he was just a really really super nice guy to talk to, and he's still a gamer too. He says he loves Breath of the Wild on the Switch, so pretty cool. I, oh, I, love that. I missed the best part. I missed yeah. the best part. So I asked him if he still, you know, I, I, if he still used his uh, his Atari, and he said, "Well, I used the Atari for a couple more years, and then I moved on to the Amiga 1000. So his yeah. next computer was an Amiga one thousand. So here's the Amiga I, I connection. I saw that.
2: Yeah. You know, first of all, we would do want to thank Anik. There, that's a great. They're the, the top shelf Atari people over there. For, I, I, but I'm to give you credit for playing detective and find this it was awesome. I love this. Great, great stuff. I love the pictures. I've got a crap one of those APX discs and tape. I want to flip mm-hmm. through there and see if I've actually got this guy's game. Oh, that would there. be awesome. Because I probably do. I've got a whole bunch of that came in that big batch. Well, it's I funny because
0: uh, and I should have I pulled it out for the episode. But uh, last year, uh, 2019 Amigos Secret Santa, um, I got a bunch of Atari 8-bit stuff from um, Uh He sent me a bunch of stuff. And one of those things was that APX uh, catalog that has Getaway on the cover. So I actually have that, that issue of the APX catalog. That's Pretty awesome. awesome. Wow, yep.
2: that's great. maybe get him to autograph it for you sometime.
0: Oh, that would be great! Just drop down
2: there. Where did you Where did he say he was in Huntsville?
0: I can't. I can't remember where he's moved to now. But uh, but he's originally from Tennessee, and like I said, he lived in Charleston all the way up until like five or six years ago. So he's just recently moved away. So that's awesome. Good stuff, boat. Well done, sir. Nice work. Thank you. Thank you. Why don't we head on over to the uh, YouTube channel, see what's going on there.
2: We had a uh, uh, we had some stuff come down to Pike this week, boaster, uh, if I may say. Uh, of course, if you missed it last week, uh, it was a happening boat. The best of 2020. Yeah, I had so much fun on that show. We've talked about it a lot, and I, I loved that. It was so much fun. I loved it when everybody got and jumped in. I loved seeing everybody. It was great. It was fun to laugh at our idiocy. It, <laughs> great stuff. But all that said, we're looking forward to a fun new year. And uh, what a better way to start the year than with me and the Brent playing the tattoon Einstein computer I never heard of this computer boat but clearly some people had because actually it did a lot better than I thought well it's, uh, it's
0: funny that you mentioned this Aaron because I was surprised to hear you say you hadn't heard of it because we talked about it all the time on Iris Sinclair because so many of the that. games so many of the games that we covered were programmed on the Einstein because you could actually type on the keyboard
2: yeah well listen. You, when you say like it came from here, where, but that doesn't mean anything to me. I mean, I gotta, I gotta actually get into it. <laughs> yeah, I understand. So was, I understand. It was fun to look into it. What a wacky computer, uh, you know, uh, designed designed in the UK, built in the Far East, and and then it turned around and flopped in the UK. So kind of a bummer. It actually looks like a pretty darn good system. It had good capabilities, good hardware, solid. Beat a man to death with it, solid. It just was too expensive, it was too and expensive. it came at the wrong time. But yeah. uh, uh, we had a good time on that show. So if yeah, you're I enjoyed that. that one. Checks out. Uh, uh, a while back, me and the Brent also got felt a little froggy boat, and got ourselves up a little R. Sinclair action, action, Jackson. This time around, we looked at Hate mm. Hostile All Terrain Encounter. Yes, uh, which is sort of a, uh, it's sort of like if, if you took Zaxxon on and slowed it down to a god's pace, you would have Hate. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a meandering uh, thing where you actually take on a couple different vehicles. I actually really like this game. <laughs> I thought it was kind of fun. I like the slower-paced games, as sure. you know. And uh, I, we had a good time with this. What did you think of Hate? Have you tried this one?
0: Uh, I haven't tried it, but, man, it does look very impressive. Uh, I, I also, especially with a game like this, I think that the, the Achilles heel of games like Zaxxon are that they're just they move too quickly for me, and negotiating the vertical space and combined with the speed just makes yeah. it too hard. So if they could slow it down a little bit, like they did here for Hate, plus the fact that you're piloting multiple types of craft, I'm gonna have to check this one out.
2: I believe, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, I, I, this may have had an Amiga port. I can't remember. Oh, because it's, it's been a while since so we did that, so I check it out of that. Here's one, and I haven't got to look at this yet, but I saw it pop. You mentioned this the other day. Uh, talk us through this Crash Magazine Issue 1, my friend. What do we got here?
0: Yeah, so this comes to us. This is the first contribution we have from Paul, a.k.a. Hermski. He is the chairman of the Amigos High Score Challenge that we run here on the Discord. And uh, he actually is one of the few remaining people on this earth to have in his possession an issue of Crash Issue 1. So, um, you know, Crash Issue 1 from 1984, February 1984. This is one of these videos where he just takes you through it page by page. You get to see all the old adverts, all the letters, everything that you love about these old magazines. And Paul's got a real, he's got one of those nice calming voices. He's he's perfect for this sort of content. I really enjoyed this one. If, if you are at all a ZX Spectrum fan, I suggest you check this one out. Yeah, this looks great. I got one of those calming voices as well, Boat. You do. It calms you just like just like a calming thing. That's
2: right, correct. Uh Boat, what we've got, let me I've lost my place. Here we go. We got our good buddy here. I was involved in this. I was I was present during this one. This is our good buddy, the Flaxter Jack Flack. He did a little uh stream tonight. Sprite castle plays super off road. Uh and he buried this game. I'm <laughs> it was not the biggest fan of this game and when he explained the control scheme i could see why they used a button for turbo you have to hit up for for to a, to a, you know speed up the car and once you get to a certain point you can just let like, go the joystick and the car just go by itself mm. very very unusual Weird, setup yeah. here they, they had would've...
0: to do a lot of stuff with the c64 just because of that the whole one button thing you know i i don't i can't remember how did the amiga get around that do you remember I don't, we, when was, when did we even play that? It's been, it was, it's been a long time. It's been a long time. I can't
2: remember what, I, I, you know, I can't remember nothing. Anyway, he also got a little, uh, CC, or a little Super Nintendo accident too. Good stuff. And I believe that this is also his, uh, game of Sprite Castle this week. So, uh, should be a good time. Always check out Sprite Castle, the, uh, podcast and the show if they're always good stuff, Boaster.
0: Yes. Yes. Now here's and, uh, one. J- just just ahead. a reminder, because it's been a while since we have reminded people of this. Uh, if you are only subscribed to the Amigos feed on um on you know, through your Podcaster, you can get all of the Amigos retro gaming shows on one feed. Just search for Amigos retro gaming. You get this show. You get Sprite Castle. It's the only place where you can get the audio versions of Iron Sinclair Twelve Hundred XL, and the Coco Show. Plus, you yeah. get Pixel Guidon. And um, A-R-G. Lead, ARG Presents. That's right. So you're getting we get, everything. We get
2: that a lot. <laughs> Plus all the wacky stuff we do. Sometimes, sometimes we'll put um, some other audio. For example, Ask the Amigos will appear right. in there. Uh, which we also have one here. The December 2020 edition. Uh, I could explain why this is a little late getting up, but I won't because I don't want to make myself look dumb. Uh, but this is it both. Uh do you recall any of the things we talked about on here? I don't remember uh, anything. <laughs> yeah. Remember we we, we we
0: tackle a wide variety, a wide variety of of questions sent in from our Discord members. These are always yeah. a lot of fun because you're never sure what questions are going to come up next. And uh it's always fun to get the chat involved with their responses to you. It looks like
2: uh past Aaron was having a little bit of the, a little nip there. Yeah, he was. Because I drank out of the cup, then I drank out of the bottle. You know what that means. <laughs> so I, but that that sounds like that guy, you can't trust him. Now, what do we got here, Boat? We've got the Frodo is what Mm, we got. Yes. Listen, Frodo, prolific stream master. I tried like gangbusters to get on this stream, but Twitch was hosing me, Mm. Uh, man. So I didn't get to see it. So I have to go back and watch it. I caught a few minutes of it. I kept getting kicked out of the chat. But uh, Frodo has his own inimitable style, Boat. And he's at it again here. Uh, and he is playing. It looks I mean, we know this game. But it looks like he's playing games by Ultimate Play the Game for That's various right. systems.
0: That's right up your alley, Boat. I love most of the Ultimate Play of the Game games. Of course, they later on became rare. Uh, We've covered a lot of them. I'd say the great majority of them we've covered on our Sinclair. Definitely one of the standout publishers. Their games really defined, in my mind, the look of the spectrum, the look of what the game should look like, the speed, everything like that. Ultimate really did a lot of things right.
2: You could tell Frodo was getting hosed, by the way, because normally Frodo draws a packed house. And you can mm-hmm. see old forty eight K Ram, the only guy who's got over really the chat because no one could get into the chat due to the Twitch issues or Twitch issues, as I like to call them. Um, I think that is all we've got in the YouTube docket. Boat,
0: more all right, to come. Aaron. Well, let's summon the gamble train and talk about this week's Amiga news. Amiga news. Gamble train. All right, boat. So we're going to start with, uh, you know, Aaron, we normally don't cover games in development unless they're games that we care about. And a game (laughs) that we care about is freaking Tapper for the arcade. That's true. Okay. So uh, there is a new build of Tapper that has just been released. And uh, uh, it's great. Uh, They've included all the levels. Remember on Coco Talk the other week, they were talking about the Brewmaster game on the Coco. And one of the major faults... Of Brewmaster is that it only includes the one location. Uh, the Amiga version is going to include not only the inside of the normal bar, but you've got the outdoor arena, you've got the punk bar, and the final level, which I've only gotten to a couple times ever, the alien level, Aaron. The, so Yeah, the space one. Oh, yeah. that's great. Yeah, so this, this game is looking super, super sharp. It requires, it says hopefully requiring only an Amiga OCS with one meg chip RAM, so almost every Amiga can run it. I'm really, really excited to to put this thing through its paces because I love Tapper.
2: You know, it's funny. I was watching, uh, of all people, Dave from Arizona was streaming the other night, and he's playing the heck out of some Tapper. Yeah. He's killing it on there. It was great. Great fun to watch. So uh, uh, I'm looking forward to this. Hey, you, Tapper. Now, uh, listen, they've done a lot of good of these arcade ports over, but this is one I'm, I'm definitely interested in and very good.
0: Now, speaking of Amigas without one chip RAM, let's talk a little bit about a new piece of hardware that has just been released for the Amiga 1000, Aaron. This is the Amiga 1000 Parciro. It's Italian, Ooh. Spanish, some.
2: Portuguese. You did a good job on that boat.
0: Thank you. Um, this is a slim trim sidecar expansion for the Amiga 1000. They get this, Aaron. The direct, the, the person that programmed, that engineered this board, his name is Mr. Dunkley. Okay. He is He's the, reti- Look he, at him. he is the retired CIO of the United States Space Force. Yeah. The United like the, States Space Force. Aaron. He looks like if the guy, the,
2: the lead singer smashing pumpkins, like joined the military.
0: He looks very Corgan-esque. Yeah, I will tell does. you that. I will tell you that. I like it. He's part of the
2: bald brotherhood boat.
0: So what this guy does, what this what this thing does, the Parsiral, it provides you with eight meg of fast RAM. Okay, it gives you the real time clock that everybody yearns for in the gotta
2: have that. Yeah, yeah,
0: and it also gives you an SD card reader with a two gig micro SD comes pre formatted with the FAT thirty two file system and is readable on any PC. As a result, so this makes it super super easy to set up a hard drive image and go to town. Yeah, this thing. Is uh, I mean, I just can't get over how thin this thing is when you compare it to you know some of the sidecar expansions that we've had run ins with over the years. Uh, this thing is almost nothing. Um, Look at the cool
2: guy names he's got on here, yeah, yeah. All kinds of Star Wars crap. I saw the Chipmunks, I saw some Back to the Future. Mm -hmm. He's got so he's got it all on here. Look at that,
0: yeah, very fancy. Now, he is uh currently. He is currently uh, producing a new run of these. The normal price is uh, $249. However, if you uh, go over to the Amiga Love link here in the show notes, you can get his email address. Tell him Amiga Love sent you, and you'll get a 20% discount on this thing, bringing the price down to $195, Aaron. So Uh if you are an Amiga 1000 hardware fanatic, and you want an easy way to expand your Amiga while not, you know, doing any sort of internal modifications? This looks like the best thing going. Uh, this this sort of blows the ACA five hundred out of the water, um, just because of its size, the fact that it was specifically made for the Amiga one thousand. There's a new kid on the block. The Paracerro is his name.
2: What do you think about this thing, Booster? This, does this tickle
0: your? Uh spend a lot of cash, bone. You know, this is one of these things that I'd love to have. I think it would be cool, but I really don't. Uh, you know, I was talking to Mr. Love on the Twitter oh, and yeah. uh, th- this thing is, is not going to work miracles in terms of performance on the Amiga 1000. Um, you know, I asked him about, you know, WHD compatibility. Um, and, and he said that uh, you, WHD load requires OS 2.0. And this device is really aimed at people for using 1.3. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and he said that, uh, you know, there's another thing you can use called, it's, it's a pre-WHD load program called JST. Yeah. Um, and so uh, that is sort of the, uh, it, it, like I said, it's, it's, not, it's not the same as a vampire. It's not going to bring this thing into the 21st century. Um, 195 bucks, even at the discounted rate, that's still a lot of dough. Uh, I, I think maybe if I was just a diehard, diehard Amiga 1000 guy, I would probably pick it up. But at that price, there's a lot of other cool toys that I'm into. So, you know,
2: we love Amiga love. He always comes up with these wacky things to the 1000. And of course he's got that super rare, incredibly crazy rejuvenator board stuck in his 1000 so that thing combined with this thing, you've got some kind of ultra mega one thousand. Probably, he's probably got the most powerful and most valuable Amiga one thousand that's not equipped with a. That's right. You MPG know, if, you, if, you,
0: if you've got that rejuvenator board, uh, first of all, you've already spent some money. So in for a penny, in for a pound. Well, no one's got um, it. That's the thing. Well, no, That's I why. mean there are people like Amiga Love has got a rejuvenator board,
2: right? But I mean, I'm saying he's one of the few people on Earth that still has one. There's right, a very, right. Few and
0: so, made. like, of course, you know, like adding this thing onto it, basically giving him the ultimate setup, it's a no brainer. It's a no brainer. So, um, oh, yeah, I'm looking I forward to getting my GoTech back from David in Arizona. Apparently, Aaron, I know this is going to shock you. I fried that GoTech that was in the 600. I just now burned how the it up he- completely. How the hell? I want an explanation, please. Well, you know, when it stopped working, I was like, well, maybe I just need to plug random wires in and hope for the best. Uh. And so I just sort of crossed. I took some of the power leads and plugged them in the LED slot. And uh, before you knew it, nothing was working anymore. I don't know what happened. And so, uh, so you, David. You
2: will recall, you called me a hack. A hack, you called me, <laughs> old hack Dowdy, and now look—you've done it again, Boat. How many? Is, how much classic hardware have you blown up in the past five years?
0: It's really not All worth counting. Um. So what? What David has done is he's actually he's he's actually got the, a new GoTech in there. Uh. He's added. He's actually physically glued the LED into the right pin. So there's no possible way I can screw it up. And he's also glued the pin outs for the, uh, for the, um, for the motherboard. So I can't mess that up either. So there's no
2: possible way you can screw it up. eh? So
0: that we'll, sounds like a challenge. Yeah. we'll we'll see how it goes, but uh, uh, all appreciation to uh, David Z in Arizona for hooking me up. I am looking forward to putting this thing in the Amiga 1000 and making the Amiga 1000 live again.
2: Yeah, for now. Good Lord. Thank God that they has got an internal power supply. That's all I'm saying.
0: <laughs> all right. I think that that, oh, that, what are we talking about? That was the first news story. Aaron. What, <laughs> I'm, I'm out of my mind. I'm out of my mind. Okay. The next thing, Aaron, is that our, you know, we haven't talked about this crew in a while, but they are back with a new podcast. The Amiga Ireland guys, Aaron, oh, yeah. just released hey, a, a right new here. podcast today called Floppy Fodder. And uh, they're talking about Amiga <laughs> How Ireland. How ironic. That's what yeah. you turned yours into. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, they're they're discussing the uh, Amiga Ireland online event. Of course, this year, uh, Amiga Ireland, the event that uh, I was lucky enough to attend the past two years, is going to be yeah. a strictly online affair this year. Uh, talking about the OS 4.1 FE update. If you're into that, they, they, they break it down. Plus a lot of smaller stories, too. So uh, these guys, this is another show I like to kick on because these guys are laid back dudes. They've, they've all got the, the RMC type voice. Uh, cool and and it, it's, it's yeah. a real, real casual podcast. It's a good listen. Check them out.
2: Look at that picture. Yeah. Just a leaf floating in a, in a, in a lazy pond boat. It's nice. like
0: my life. It's like my life. <laughs> is all like right, Aaron. Is? Uh is. We're going <laughs> to move on now to a very important, a very merry unbirthday to the Amiga 500. Today, the Amiga 500 was released, Aaron, on this day, on this day in 1987. That's right. January 8th, 1987, the Amiga was released, I'm guessing, in the U.K. In the yeah. U.S., nobody cared. Uh, and what? so <laughs> the, uh, the this is obviously one of the banner days in U.K. computer history. The Amiga 500 changed so many lives. It brought so many people into the world of computing for the first time uh you can't really undersell the importance of this machine for commodore for amiga fans all over the world um and i just wanted i saw this pop up on twitter and i thought it was worth a mention
2: very good very good happy birthday it's a a glorious device yes well except for all its many many
0: flaws (laughs) <laughs> and uh, the AV is the biggest flaw. That yes. I hate that. I yeah, hate the it. AV is, is the dirt worst. Yeah. Um, Now, <laughs> there, we're going to go back, is. Aaron. We're going back to Amiga Love for a second because he we shared are. something else with us that's very cool. There is a new image that's been discovered of pinball dreams, Aaron, and not just any pinball dreams, the NTSC version of pinball dreams. Yeah.
2: true
0: So a as name. anybody that's ever tried to hunt down ADFs will tell you, it's nigh on impossible to find NTSC versions of games because most games were either released in very limited quantities uh, for NTSC machines or just not released at all. And I'm talking about the games from the glory years of the Amiga, the, from, you know, the, the very late 80s into the early 90s, uh, you know. And so to find a version of Pinball Dreams uh, where, for you can, NTSC, where you can see the flippers, right? Because I used to play it, and you couldn't see the flippers. That made it a little harder, Boat. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So big ups to Amiga Love for finding the the Pinball Dreams NTSC version. And if you are uh, an Amiga 1000 user, or if you are among the people that know it's true, that you can't just hold down both buttons and everything's perfect. Listen, it's not true. Stop saying it then you can find NTSC versions of his games in ADF format all over his games library over at amigalove.com. We love Amiga
2: Love. We love that guy. I know you love his little, his little NTSC collection, too. He's great. Very He's good. Great. We, thank, it. thank you, sir.
0: Next up, Aaron, getting back, you know, we're, we're going back and forth like a ping pong ball. I wanted to bring this up, even though we just talked about the Amiga Ireland uh, 2021 online event. They are now soliciting entries for their creative competition. Oh, yes.
2: you. Yeah. I believe you were... Was it last year you hosted this or two years ago?
0: Uh, I I don't know that I ever really hosted it. I thought you were um,
2: involved in this part of the festivities at some point. No, no. This was I,
0: when I was drinking.
2: Oh, that would explain a lot, actually. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, this is where... Uh, what, what normally happens is Urla makes an <laughs> attempt... To, to run everything off an actual Amiga immediately yeah. runs into all kinds of compatibility problems in you all. You can't heck see the sleeves. blue yeah. for example is one yeah. of my particular <laughs> favorite. Yeah. yeah. So that's normally how these things shake out. Uh, hopefully this year things will run a little bit more smoothly and I'm sure they will since they'll, they'll be under more control with this online business, but you can submit uh, entries through the mod category or the A-H- ahx. I don't know. I don't know what wow, you said. That was a lot
2: of vigor boat. Yeah. I don't, uh, I don't know what that is. A, I guess I'm right guessing here. it's
0: another audio format other than mod. Uh, there's also a pixel art category and a 3D ray tracing category, Aaron. So all of the main categories are uh, are represented. There is a form you can fill out. All of these links are in the show notes at the bottom of your uh, in the podcast app that you're listening to or on YouTube. Just click on that, then find the creative competition link. It'll take you right here. Now I'm going to go on the
2: assumption you haven't mentioned this to, but I'm going to go on the assumption that you will be attempting to win the prize in the 3D ray tracing category. Boat. Listen,
0: man, you haven't known life till you've seen my 3D ray traced Lame Michelangelo. Yeah, uh-huh. it's going to be epic.
2: <laughs> I'm begging to see that. I really <laughs> am. My God.
0: All right, Aaron, our last, last more, Boat. our last story. Our last story this week. This one. Why don't you? Why don't you take us through uh, what makes this particular story special?
2: Well, you know, we've pitched these guys forever. In fact, I've been in contact with I asked them if I'd get an interview, but unfortunately, none of them are English speakers, and so it would be difficult. Uh, but I may still try to rig something up or try to find someone that can uh, help me out. Uh, the company, our buddies over at the company, have finally gotten around, and I say gotten around because it's been hard work. They have finally finished their entire collection, uh, updated to 3.0 EXEs. Now... What does this mean? Well, it's a big deal, uh, frankly. Uh, the old, uh, the old uh, EXEs couldn't run on modern hardware, and so on modern software, I should say. And so they had to slowly update these. Uh, if you're not familiar with the company, uh, this is a place where you can send your uh, friends that don't have Amigas or don't know anything about emulation over to play Amiga games. With And they're no must, no fuss. You literally, they're free, you download them, you run the EXE on Windows, you play the game. They're, it's all one file. And they've been around forever. But how many times has these guys saved our bacon over the years? Oh,
0: so many times. And a lot of times, these are the best versions to play. They've already got the trainers built in and everything. Yeah. Uh, for a long, long time, they were my number one go-to source for stuff. And they're still great. In a pinch, I'll still download an EXE and fire it up.
2: Yeah. And you can see they've added a bunch of features here. Uh, they've changed how you quit. They've changed. They've done a lot of stuff to make these better uh, and easier. And I, I swear to you, I don't, I don't hear anyone ever talk about the company. It, it is weird. Bananas. It is
0: weird because they do, they do a service to this community that is irreplaceable.
2: Like this is just this is a list of all the games they've got up here. But it's not just games. I mean, literally, if you want to download one of these, you just click on it and then you download it. That's yeah. all there is to it. And now, and it's not just, it's not just uh, uh games. They've got, and this is where we got our applications to do the Deluxe Paint stuff. That's right. we've got Deluxe Paint, Pro Tracker. We got that here too, by the way. Also, they'll mix, they'll take one EXE, for example, the pinball one, and it's got every pinball game ever released for the Amiga in one file. You just pick, I mean, it's awesome. Fantastic, fantastic. Uh, They've got demo stuff on here as well, a few things. Uh, These guys are awesome. Really good guys too. I've, I've occasionally will talk to them over the years. Again, they don't speak English. But their stuff is great. And now that they've completed uh, updating all their files, I want to give them a shout out and tell them that uh, the Amigos and all their buddies appreciate your hard work, boys. Thank you very much.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Aaron, that's going to wrap up this week's Amiga News Report. Uh, Thanks, as always, to everybody who uh, gives us heads up on stories, either on Discord or reaching out through various means throughout the work. We really appreciate it. And uh, let's go ahead and talk about some Knights of the Sky, Aaron. Right on, man. Right on. So Knights
2: of the Sky boat. Now, like you said, this is sort of a well-known title. I mean, fairly
0: well-known. I thought. Have you had you tackled this one in the past? No, I'd I'd never heard of this game, but oh, really? I just, just I assumed it's a flight sim from Microprose, so I figured it was a big deal.
2: Yeah, yeah. And and when this game came out, I thought it was a. a, a I mean, like you said, Microprose had a, a big name, you know. And so we'll get into it here. So. Uh, released on the Amiga in 91. And we'll get into why some of these dates are kind of neat and interesting. Uh, came on two discs. Uh, was published by Microprose. It was developed in their MPS labs. Uh, and then, you know, p- sort of ported over to the Amiga. Uh, they had a pretty much... The guys they had working on were a lot of the uh, Microprose guys. I'll look over the list of who they've got working on and Most of these guys worked on stuff like Civilization on the Amiga. And uh, 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 Pirates Gold B seventeen uh, Railroad Tycoon Gunship Two K Nighthawk F one seventeen. So the titles you that you know about on the Amiga, the, most of these guys worked on it, and you can sort of tell. It's not like they stagged into this like idiots. I mean, you can tell this is a, they did a pretty good job. It's pretty solid in terms of their of uh, you know being in line with the uh, with the PC version. Uh, this uh, came out on for the ECS OCS and what you're doing in this game uh, you are effectively simulating the experience of being a world war 1 flyer a flying ace if you will uh, this game uh, it's funny there was a weird thing that happened both that I never knew about it until I started looking into this because nights you know everyone knows that I love wings that's one of my mm-hmm. it's probably one of my all-time favorite games it's probably my favorite amiga game of all time Uh, where guess what you play in wings, a world war one flying ace. There was also a game called the red Baron that was released by dynamics. And you play a world war one flying ace and all three of these games. And I got to think, and I was like, man, I wonder which of these games came first. Okay. So get this. Wings was released on the Amiga in 1990. Okay. Mm -hmm. I don't have a date. Okay. Um, when the guys that made Knights of the Sky were finishing the development, they they were going to call this game the Red Baron. Mm-hmm. Okay, they couldn't get that name because Dynamics already had it. All right, Dynamics released their game, uh, the Red Baron, in December of 1990, and Knights of the Sky released on DOS in guess when 1990. So all three games were released initially in 1990.
0: There was something in the water. Is I mean, that but doesn't it, that strike you as really bizarre? It, it really is bizarre that so many people would have that idea and and bring it to life all at the same in the within the same year. That is crazy.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's real it, that was something I just could I could not get over that how strange it was. And I even and we'll get into this a little bit later, but I even looked at the reviews and they even sort of reviewed similarly as well. So hmm. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a minute. So what's the scoop on this? Well If you read the back of the box on this thing, which I like to do, it gives you a kind of a a brief synopsis of what you can do in this. You fly 20 planes, every major fighter in the First World War. Uh, You navigate with actual mapping of trenches, roads, cities, aerodromes. That's true. I can guarantee you that. Uh, There are hundreds of missions in seven categories, including ground support, bombing, and more. And uh, you can also play this directly with your friend over the modem or with a cable. Mm-hmm. Which was a. This is why I knew about this game from back in the day, uh, because uh, this that feature was quite uh, a to- uh the talk being you know, able to do that because that was something you <laughs> clearly you can't do that in Wings, for example. Uh, so uh, this game is very similar to Wings. Uh, you start off, uh, you make a pilot, and your options are to play World War One as a, as one long continuing story. Uh, you can also. Uh, there's also training of course and there's also direct play and there's also uh just like a, a like basically one-on-one dog fights uh when you pick uh when you pick these you'll get you'll get to pick a level uh, uh between one and five of how difficult you want it to be and then they pretty much set you off uh when you uh and I'm gonna focus mostly in the campaign I will say the training uh uh scenarios I mean they're just basically you could you could have it so you will go up and practice dogfighting with with nobody, or just like just like a guy that can't shoot back, or you can make it where they are really dumb or whatever, all the way up to experts, and so you can sort of hone your skills right. uh, on that. Um, this game also supports multiple control configurations. Uh, it's funny. Uh, when I was flipping through the different controls on the keyboard, uh, you it lets you adjust. Uh, have You can have an analog stick. You can adjust the sensitivity. Uh, you can also use the mouse. And also, you can hit a button, and the and it, it would say Gravis. So I don't. I was wondering if this was something that was held over from the PC, or if there was a, specifically uh, a Gravis analog. Signal. I never
0: was, saw that. I never. Yeah. If saw you
2: hit that. the If you hit the G button, it said Gravis.
0: Weird. Yeah, that is. I a, did that is that. a crazy thing to see on an Amiga game.
2: Yeah. Well, I, that's why. So I wondered if they just put, if that was part of the when they ported it along. Right, right. Very strange. It's funny. I I played this game. Uh, with a stick that had an analog stick on it. And actually, I mean, I don't, it, I don't, I didn't set it for analog and it's used it, but it actually worked real well. Uh, so this is one game that benefits from a more modern control. Um, so when you start into, into campaign mode, uh, basically you're, you pick, uh, you pick a, a place to start and then you, and then you are in the war. Uh, you can name your character. There was a bunch of pre-made pilots on the version I played. I just made my own guy I started fresh. And then, uh, you will get missions that will be decoded on the screen. When they say decoding, but it's just, telling, it's just part of the ambiance. And they tell you what the mission is. And then they'll give you a map with, with directions. It's like, okay, you're here. Step one, go here. Step two, go here. Here's what you're supposed to do. All right? And then pretty much they turn you loose. And, I mean, this game... And that's where this game change, is a lot different from Wings, which we'll discuss the differences here in a minute. And I will say up front, I've not played Red Baron, so I, I can't get into the differences in those because I've never played that one. So uh, when, once you get into your plane, you are, are then set up to take off. Now, Bo, before I keep rambling on, what were your initial thoughts about the opening of this game, the, the music, the way it's structured, the menus? What did you think about all that stuff?
0: Um, Well a lot of it has to do with the way that you approach these types of games. Like whenever I know that we're playing a game like this, and I've learned this after doing this show for as long as we have is the first thing that I do is I take a whole afternoon and I sit down before I even load the game for the first time. And I read the manual and the manual for this game is one of the best manuals that I've ever seen in my life because there's no freaking novella there's no stupid backstory that nobody cares about anyway to draw you into a game that you just want to get into it's like hey this is a world war one game okay uh you we know you don't know what to do so we're gonna we're gonna tell you exactly what to do so you can feel like you've accomplished something in this game the first time you play it and what they do is they say okay we're gonna tell you exactly what to what scenario to pick. So it's like pick the uh, pick like the the practice scenario or whatever it's called. And then it says, okay, and then choose like difficult or choose enemy level three, which means there are enemies, but they're not gonna shoot at you or like their bullets don't do anything to you basically. right, okay and then then here's how you take off. So take off and then start flying and fly to this city. And then fly up to this other city, follow the coastline back, and land. And it takes you through exactly what you need to do, and then you do it, and you feel great because you've done something that uh, that a lot of you a lot of times you can't do in a flight simulator, which is actually accomplish something that you want to set out to do. And I'll tell you, the biggest thing that I love about this game is they've included an automatic land feature. Yeah, That makes all the difference in the world because everybody knows the hardest thing about flight sims is landing. And there's nothing wrong with when somebody's new to a game to give them a little help, just like in Elite, and let you land on purpose. So you can master all the other aspects of the game. You can have fun in dogfights. You can have fun shooting down balloons, doing whatever you want to do. And then you can go back and you can land and just not have to worry about messing everything up just because you haven't mastered that one aspect of the game.
2: Did, so, did, you, did you ever try landing manually? Heck no. Heck no. I'll tell you no. something. It's, it's, it's... It really... I will say that I agree with you. Everything you said. But uh, I, I landing on your own is not tough, frankly. Okay. Uh, unless okay. you're really screwed. And, then, uh, and also, I will say, I never had the auto lander screw me, but it is it is scary the way this thing lands your plane i would watch it and i'd be like well it's sort of well
0: i mean of course there are lots of weird things that happen it takes a lot of weird angles but then when you actually get down on the ground you just sort of slam on the brakes and that's the end
2: it is very strange yeah but
0: in another thing that i also enjoy is that you know when you've played one of these combat missions and your nerves are kind of rattled and you approach the landing area to just hit the L button and let the computer take over, and you watch it doing its maneuvers, and you know it's not going to mess up. It gives you some down, gives you some time to relax, some time to recharge, and you know I'll tell you. Well, we'll talk about you know but anyway. Those were my initial thoughts on the game.
2: I, I everything you said, I agree. I I I looked at this manual long ago, but it's been a while. I looked at the Cliff Notes version to uh, to get up to speed, but I mean really. It's here. Let's. We're going to talk about the actual game itself here.
0: Oh, Uh, I I guess I I guess I should tell you about the controls too, because you did mention the controls. So yeah, go ahead. Another great thing about this game is that you can hot swap between controls at any time. Yeah, at any time. You're out flying around. You hit the M. You're switched right over to mouse. You can switch over to mouse control. Hit the J back to joystick. Yeah. The sensitivity control—it's perfect. Like you can really, there's four levels of sensitivity. I usually put it on the most sensitive, and I'd either fly with the joystick or I'd fly with the uh, with the mouse. I did both. Uh, I could never get the keyboard to work right though, so I didn't do much with the keyboard. I never um, used it. I went. To, the,
2: I, I use sensitivity two.
0: Did you? That's what okay. I use. Yeah. Um, but I use the PS4 stick, use the analog stick on that. And then I also use the the mouse. I had, uh, you know, I had good success. I felt like I was in control of the plane. So, yeah, yeah that was the last thing I wanted to say.
2: No, yeah, I, I agree with all that. So, of course, the one thing that can hose you on that automatic controlling is when you're fumbled around with the keyboard trying to do something, and you hit the wrong button that, and yeah. your controller stops yeah. working. That's, that's, that's the bad side of that. Mm-hmm. So when you start the game, like I said, you'll get that mission when you're in campaign mode. And it's time to take off. And everything Boat says is true, except that in, when you're in a campaign mode, the bullets hurt. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so,
0: <laughs> Even on and level so, one, the bullets hurt.
2: This game, there is no time compression, none of that crap. Well, yes,
0: there is. There is. There is time there, compression in this game. If you hit Alt-A, you can, you can double the, the time.
2: Really? Yeah. Because here's my question on that. I couldn't go more than a few seconds without getting attacked. And so I can't imagine how you could ever use time compression. Well, it, it
0: depends on the mission that you choose. Because in every mission, you know, you're starting with different, you know, you're starting in a different location, and you're starting for, further away or closer to enemy lines.
2: That is so, interesting. But I have to say, I did not, that wasn't listed on my cheat sheet. And that would have made some of a difference, being able to double the time. Because one of, the, one of my problems with this game is the fact that it takes... I mean, it's realistic. and so when you're going from uh, uh uh Dunkirk to wherever you it's you don't just get there in ten seconds. you get there in minutes. It right. takes
0: you a good while to get there right. and so and, of course the the downside is is that whenever uh, you are in double time mood, the enemy plane also approaches you at double time, and you literally have no chance to react. I
2: that mean, was my, that was what I was going to ask you. When you're in that mode, does it stop when you're attacked, or does no, it just keep? No. Up? So you've got to. Tr- oh, so you've got never, to keep.
0: You've got to keep an eye on okay. everything, and as soon as you see anything start to happen, you got to trigger yeah, that out of there. But, that
2: would that would make me not use it, and I'll, yeah, which I'll I didn't. Into. I didn't
0: use it for that reason, but it yeah. is there.
2: So, when you're when you're on a mission. And let's say, for example, one of the early missions is a, a much like in Wings, you go out to bust a, a surveillance balloon that the Germans have. You're it's a it's a like you said, usually it's a at least a two prong process. You drive, you fly your plane to one city, sort of make a right or a left depending on where you're at, and then head to the actual site where you're going to go knock down the balloon or whatever. One thing that I liked about the game is that it's it, you get in the ga- You get in the plane. You hit. You fire up the engine. You crank up the throttle, and you're gone. Yeah. There's no screwing around. Right. You're in the air, in like two seconds after you mm-hmm. start the game, and then once you're in the air, you can do whatever you want. You can drive this sucker wherever you want to go. You can go mm-hmm. anywhere you want. You can go land at other bases. Do whatever you want. Uh, you uh, of course it helps if you do the mission. <laughs> they want you to do the mission, and so when you try to do the missions, uh, you you will learn to use the the ground and the map to figure out where you're at. It's real easy to get lost in this unless you go to the map screen. And so here's point here's point one. You will be on your map screen a lot. I mean, a lot. Uh, because it's so easy to get mixed up. And I wish, and I, I know this was way early for this, but it would have been very convenient to have had the map screen sort of be on the main screen.
0: See, I disagree. Was, I disagree. I don't think that you could put the map screen on the main screen with the kind of fidelity that you'd need to make it useful at all.
2: Well, I mean, you're probably right. I'm, this is in, on my mega computer that I'm building that can do anything <laughs> it, because it was, it took me out of it to have to flip back and forth. Well, so much.
0: I, you know, I, it, that happened to me at first too, but then I just learned to use the compass and I would be like, okay, my destination is, is, is east. So as long as I keep flying east in general, I don't have to look at the map quite as often. But yeah, you can plan to spend a significant amount of time. Now, luckily, one of the things that I love about this game is the game does pause when you go to the map screen. Because if yeah. it didn't pause... And you, you know, because sometimes I'd study it for a little bit and I'd be like, OK, what what exactly am do, is my is the plan here? And if a plane were to sneak up behind you and shoot you down, that would really be a bummer. So the game does pause when you go to the map. screen.
2: This game reminds me uh, in its own way of the old school dungeon crawlers. It doesn't hold your hand for map time. You've got to figure out where you're at and where you're going. That's that's just the way it is. And, and this is a wide landscape full of stuff. So you've just got to figure it out. But I did get annoyed by going back and forth to the map. One of the problems I had also, Bo, you mentioned that when we should mention that the console you're playing, it'll vary between the different planes, but you generally have the same instruments. Mm-hmm. You have an RPM gauge, a miles per hour gauge, an altitude gauge, uh, a battery gauge, an oil gauge, a thing that tells you uh, if you're you know if you're going up or down. You've got a, a a thing that tells you how many bullets you've got, and you've got a compass. And what can happen is while you're flying, is that you that stuff could get shot. And inevitably, Boat, my compass would get shot right out of the gate. Mm. And so that would also make me have to go back and forth to that map screen yeah. Even more. Yeah, that, w- that would really screw damaged. you, for sure. Um, so let's so let's pretend. Here we are. We're in the air. We're going towards our first... Oh, let's pretend it's the very first mission, because this I couldn't believe this. So I'm on my first mission. I've got it set as low as I'll go. I get about a third of the way to my first destination, and here come the enemy. Okay? Now... I'm going to use wings here, and wings, you'll you know you're going out and you're going to patrol, for example, and you know you're going to confront some enemies in a dogfight. In this, uh, you it depends. You you might as well know you're going to confront some an unknown number, and you might as well just wait for the uh, tons of them because in this game the enemy attacks in en mass. I mean, and and unlike wings, you have no wingman at all. At least early on, I never flew a mission where I got any help. You're always on your own. Did you ever get the one where you got help? Uh, no, no. Okay, I didn't either. And so what does that mean? That means every enemy in the air, if you're fighting four or five guys, they're all gunning for you. It's, it's, it was brutally hard. I mean, you could, I could beat the guys. That was, okay, I could beat them. But there were so many guys that they were just beating the hell out of my plane. Right. So by the time I would get to that first destination city where I was supposed to make a turn and head towards whatever the mission was, I'd already be beat to hell. And my plane would be all shot up and it made it real tough. And on top of that, you've got an ammunition limit. And so uh, inevitably, I would be running low on ammo, too, because by the time I got there, I'd fought a MiG in two planes. To put this in perspective, I, in my first three flights, I, may, I was the top ace in the world. I shot down 15 planes and three balloons in my first three sorties. That's wow. insane. That's great. Well, no, it's not great. I don't want to shoot down that many planes. I just want to go hit the balloon and come home. <laughs> and the, on the on the last mission I ran, it was like there were like it was like uh, uh four or five different links of the chain to go to mm-hmm. the to get to the final mission. I glided back to my home base. I was flying out of Dunkirk, and I mean literally my plane was completely every part of it was destroyed, and I couldn't gain altitude mm-hmm. because if your engine takes too much damage, it screws you all up. It makes oh, your yeah. plane drive like crap. And so I and it was I mean it was by the skin of my teeth it was a it was a seat of the pants ride but it, I took all that damage to the point where I only went to my first three links and just turned around and came home because I couldn't get any further. You see my point here. What did you think of the difficulty of this?
0: I agree with you 100%.
2: Okay, um, thank thank God. But, I was
0: afraid that I just sucked. But this is one of these games where it didn't bother me that much because this game is very forgiving when you, okay, for, first of all, whenever you get shot, okay, the way that scoring works in this game is that you get points for completing missions, but you also get points for downing uh, enemies, and you, you're, you're, you, you, you've got a campaign here. You know, you're running a campaign, so you're, you're fighting the war. You're not fighting a battle, okay? So every time that you go up in the air... If you shoot down some planes and you can circle back around and you can land, you know you get some points for that. And if you uh, and if you get shot down, you shoot down some planes and then you get shot down. You're not at least for me, and I don't I don't really. This is one aspect of the game that I don't understand, is that you don't die. Um, you get sent back like people, the Germans, they know, they they recognize you as being this awesome pilot. And I, this is literally text from the screen. You you have a champagne toast with the Germans and they send you home to come again. It's like you're one of them. So they're not going to, they're not going to capture you. And so that because it wasn't, because dying wasn't that frustrating. And because you can sort of pseudo win a mission without accomplishing your mission, Plus, I didn't, um, there's there's a great variety of missions too. So it's like, even though I wasn't really being successful at a lot of missions, I could always be like, okay, well, I'm going to just cycle through these missions because when, when you get to that screen where you choose your mission, you can always decline the mission that's given to you and they'll give you another one. Like, like you said, there's hundreds of these missions and there's yeah. all kinds of different things you can do. There are bombing missions. There are escort missions. Striping. When you do your... When you do your bombing mission, you push number two. I think it's number two or number three on the keyboard, and you switch to bombing mode, and it's a yeah. top-down view yeah. of your plane. It's like a totally different game. I should also mention that it's very impressive, all the different views. Of course, this is a flight simulator, but this has – you would, I wouldn't expect – this kind, this this kind of detail in a World War One combat simulator. This is something I'd find more, you know, like a, a traditional flight simulator. But you've got all kinds of different views. Like you can have uh, a little bit behind you, a lot behind you from the side. I mean, basically all of the same views that you get in the new Microsoft Flight Simulator you can have in this game.
2: Yeah, and th- and, and so, you need to use them in this too. I mean, right. you really need to because unlike uh, this is something else that's different from Wings. In Wings, your pilots. Well, you're he, he will look. This is a very clever bit in Wings. He'll look to mm-hmm. where the the enemy pilots are. Yeah, and this you don't see your pilot's head, so you really have no way of knowing where they're at, with the exception of. Uh, when the bullets come whizzing in, unless you use those external cameras, I, mean, I use those more in this game than I've used in any of these games. Yeah, I and mean, you, you uh, can Wings also, has it, and I never used them in that. You know, you
0: can also look to your left and look to your right, and that's yeah. also cool because you see the cockpit from a different angle and just so, yeah. sort of a neat effect. Um, but yeah, that is one of the genius things in Wings. I mean, that yeah. might be one of the best things in the whole game because it doesn't take you out of the experience. It's realistic, but it right. also helps you. So yeah, because th- if
2: you were a real pilot, you'd be able to, you'd have a better idea of where the plane was. Yeah, you know, it's funny. This game, it this is a, this is a tough game for me to call, Boat. there were parts of this game I really enjoyed, and there were parts of it I did not like. Something another thing I I just can't stand. I remember playing this game on the PC as a kid, and this turned me off instantly. I didn't even give hardly give it a shot. Was the view, uh, your cockpit view stinks your cockpit stretches all the way to the middle of the screen. And so the entire lower part of the screen is eating up at your cockpit and you can't see anything.
0: Yeah. But that, I mean, that's, that, that's a flight simulator. Like well, every flight look at,
2: simulator is like, it's, that. I went back and played Wings. Okay, Wings is
0: not a flight simulator.
2: Well, it, it, it's 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 very similar to this in a lot of ways. Well, it's
0: it's a first person dogfighting game, but it's not a flight simulator like this game is.
2: Well, no, this it's very similar, and I'll get into the similarities in a minute. But and the, the 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 actual graphic, the the apple, the graphical presentation of flying is virtually identical in a lot of ways. But they did a much better job of displaying the cockpit area because you got more, you could see more. Uh, than just a big block in front of you. That block is a turn off to me because you can't see anything harley uh, but you can't see anything Well, that, below yeah the but I mean like
0: that that complaint you can make about the new Microsoft flight simulator that just came out it's the exact same thing like your view is always your view is always halfway obstructed by the instruments in well, any flight simulator i,
2: I I'm just saying I, I, of the two and I looked at red Baron some footage and red Baron's not as bad as this here. this is the when it comes to the actual visual presentation of what you're seeing this one it, that one is blocked off more than the other so that was a turn off to me too the flip side of this is and you sort of hit it on the head there in a a little bit uh when when i play wings uh wings is sort of like if you boil this game down to strictly the action that's wings okay now i like that but if you're not going to get in a wings plane and just fly to another base that's or you can't do any of that or pick another base the level of the level of detail in this in terms of the the variety of planes you get to pick from the, uh, the ability to go all over to see the entire theater uh, where wings is sort of like you're playing someone's a narrative of someone's uh, life in the trenches. It's more of a one man story type thing. This one is just like the story of these battles. It's not as personal. I mean, don't get me wrong. This thing has stuff in it in between missions. Occasionally your guy will go to a party. For example, and they'll and they'll show what you heard, rumors and stuff, or you'll be uh, you'll hear news. You'll get a newspaper report. And it'll say like, "Hey, look, the new planes are coming out," or you'll get a report that one of the uh, enemy's aces is over a certain area. You know, so there's there are little tidbits in this that make it that give it a little bit of flavor. That wings had a bunch of flavor, mm-hmm. but this game, in terms of the depth of it. Uh, it it blows away wings. I mean, because there's so much depth to it. Uh, the uh, the fact that missions are multi-tiered. I mean, these missions are like uh, they're real advanced missions, like you said, and it may, it gives the game a lot more playability. Um, the uh, as you get further into the game and get more uh, kills, you're more successful different options will open up. One of the options will be you can actually call out a, 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 a enemy ace and you can meet him in the sky to settle mm-hmm. your differences like men, you know, mm-hmm. men of old. I tried this once I became an ace and then got crushed, you know, and one of the options on the main menu is where you could just basically fight an ace don't think you just fly up and go after that ace. You've got to beat you've got to fight all of his geeks before you get to him. Right. It's just like any other mission. There's a million guys coming at you. And so that sort of took away from it for me on that when mm-hmm. it comes to that. You know, so we've established sort of what this game is, but what did you have fun playing it?
0: Yeah, I did. I had fun playing this game. And that's why I can forgive all of the things that I don't like about it. Because when I was playing this game, I felt like I had control. I felt like I knew what I was doing, and I felt like with practice I could become better. And those are the three. Th- those are the only three things that I ask of any video game that we play on this show. And this game ticked all three boxes. So even though the technical aspects of the game, I would have really liked to have seen a more exact damage counter. You know, it's. It, I know that part of the part of the realism of this game is that you know these planes they could get shot up as many, they could get bullets full of holes and it only takes like one well-placed bullet in the right place to bring a plane down that's yeah. fine in real life but if you're if you're out playing this and you know i i would have rather seen more like i guess stunt car racer you know how you took damage but it kind of you could see how far along the gauge you were before it was before it was bad, you know, bad times. Yeah, uh, I would have liked to have seen more of that in this game, but overall, uh, this game gets a it gets a win for me. I, I really think it's it's a it's a good game. You know, wings. Uh, this game and wings handle damage
2: almost exactly the same, uh, and also so much like wings, your your machine gun can jam you're trying to unjam it. I mean, like I said, this game and wings they're. You could have taken the engine from wings and strapped the back end onto this, and you would have had a, this game. I mean, if mm-hmm. they they yeah. flow they flow about the same. The speed and stuff is about the same. The, the level of ground stuff, and this is a little bit more advanced. That was something I had a problem with, is when you're flying, it's real easy to get stuff on the ground confused with stuff in the air. But that would have happened in, in real battle. It did happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that sort of thing. So I, I'm not going to fault the game for that. I like the variety of missions. I don't like the graphical presentation as much, but I still think it's it's not something that, it's a deal-breaker. Right. Uh, yes. but the one thing that bothered me about this, and, you know, I, I'm not going to lie to you, I jumped into this like a maniac and played the crap out of it, and my skills from Wings translated over nicely. So I was chopping suckers. Like I said, I made the ace list quick. Mm-hmm. But ha- making the ace list that quick, means there's just too many enemies. There were mm-hmm. two, and they, they mentioned in the mission briefings that if you stay, that to stay on this path for the least amount of resistance, uh, but and I tried to stay on those things, pinpoint, because I was just inundated with enemies nonstop. Uh, I fought so many guys, and it, it, that I didn't like. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the one thing that bothered me about this game the most. I liked everything else. I liked the variety of missions. It's neat in one of the missions, you strafe a line of trucks, and you've got to get down in there. Oh and yeah, you're almost, you got to fly low. It, it reminds me of what you were talking about with what the uh, wing walkers. We grab a guy's hat. I mean, you mm-hmm. could probably do that. You're down there real low, uh, and Wings has strafing missions and bomb missions, but they're literally totally different types of mini games. Whereas this, you're, it's all in the same engine, and so it, I like that aspect of it too. It's a, it's a, I I call this game a win. I like it. Do I think it's better than Wings? No. Do I think it's? But I think it's more in depth than wings. I do like the fact, I'm glad you smart me up on the ability to cr- uh, decrease the time, uh, because that, that might give it a little bit of fun. Cause one of the things I don't like, is it just takes forever to get anywhere to get to, but I mean, you're not going to be bored while you're getting there. Um, just for fun. I had a look at this on the PC as well. I think, I think I don't hold me to this, but I think the Amiga version is, it was based on the PC version, but I, I don't have any way of knowing that. And I, I couldn't find any uh, actual information out about it. Uh, but they're pretty similar. I will say that it's, here's the funny thing about this, Boat. I couldn't figure this out. The graphics in the PC version, like the the non-playing graphics, they were mm-hmm. crap, okay? The Amiga graphics were way better. But the actual in-game graphics were pretty close. The The PC would ran better. But, of course, that's going to determine what PC you've what got. What kind run of PC you, know, you have, run this. exactly. And I believe yeah. this thing was re- re- made to run on, like, a 386. Mm-hmm. Which would have well, been Well, they they
0: uh, they actually released two versions. There was a 286 version that you recommended you have 640K. And then they yeah. actually uh, they they published another version, I think, the next year or maybe in '92 yeah. that was optimized for 386s and 486s. So it's hard to know which version you're actually seeing right now.
2: Yeah, they brought this along pretty nicely, though. I mean, like I said, the Amiga version stands up. Well, it's here's the thing that I thought was funny with the graphics being as, as kind of crummy as they were the uh, when you're not in the missions the in mission graphics look fine but the music I found a lot better in the DOS version go figure. I didn't like well, the opening you know, one theme in the Amiga
0: version. One thing that I liked or that I didn't like about this game is that you got you you know you've got a ragtime tune when it starts up yeah. But uh when you go back into the menus after you know you complete a mission or whenever you're selecting a mission there's no music there. In the in the game basically it has one music track in the whole game. And yeah. I like to ha- I I don't mind not having music in the air because that adds you know it's realistic whatever. But when you go back into the menus it would be nice to have a couple music tracks playing
2: there. Yeah. And I will say that's another spot that Wings has way better music than this. Uh, they both, I will say, the intro to this was kind of cute with the black and white silent film. Yeah, yeah very very. And the PC didn't get that either, mm-hmm. which is I thought was again I thought was strange. But uh, I think either way, you're probably going to be okay on this. I mean, the Amiga version, especially if you've got a like a 1200 or up, you probably could really play this well. But I don't, I didn't, I don't think there's any problem playing this on just an average, uh, a, a, average Amiga. I don't think you're going to have any trouble with it. Um, did we get any action on the Discord boat for reviews on this?
0: Uh let's see. Let me check real quick. I don't think that we did this week. Yeah, we did not get any Discord reviews this week. Maybe next I'm not week.
2: Su- I'm not surprised, and I'll tell you why. Me and Bo were talking about this before the show. I wish I had recorded me playing this because that would have been the longest playthrough on YouTube. There are there's nothing. There's a 46 minute playthrough, but he didn't get very far. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's nothing. So I don't know if this game just didn't get a lot of love. Or I don't know what it is, but I may have to go in there and actually knock something out, vote for posterity, uh, because this game deserves a little more dap than it gets. I mean, it's I think it's a I think it's a quality title, and it, and you'd think with Microprose being behind it, it'd be a lot more, uh, you know, a lot more action. Uh, I did look this up. I should mention this was released on the Atari ST as well. Uh, also of course the dos uh this had a linux port uh the mac the pc 98 and then eventually releases for windows that may be maybe that's the version you were talking about with the upgrade i don't know mm. um the people in lemon give this a good score 8.31 a quality score um uh, amiga i actually gave it an 83 uh, amiga computing gave it a 92 amiga force I feel like we should be on that team. Ninety-three, <laughs> Amiga Format gave it an eighty-eight, uh, which is pretty good. Of course, Amiga Joker gave it a sixty-nine, and Amiga Power gave this bad boy an eighty-seven percent. So Scored, pretty good. Scored
0: pretty high, yeah.
2: Yeah, these are all uh, these are all high uh, high eighties, low nineties. Uh, I found this, believe it or not, but I found this in America. I almost pulled the trigger on this. I'll be honest with you. There's a copy available right now as we record this, boxed. In pretty good shape uh with all the contents shipped 15 bucks uh, and i i found this in europe all day for 20 bucks or less so this is a cheap game yeah Again, a Microprose game and you would just sort of uh, just sort
0: of weird all the way around yeah
2: this does have a pretty elaborate uh copy protection scheme at the beginning it's been ripped out mm-hmm. uh but it was a thing where you looked up all the insignias of all these different uh i guess these different uh squadrons, squadrons. yeah they were pretty cool i, looked yeah, your- I like you know. those. Kind of neat. But there you have it, Boat. I think this is a fun game. And if you're like me and you're a big fan of wings, uh, like I, if you like flight simulators that, were, that don't require you to hit a thousand buttons and look at a million dials and you just want to go out there and explore and fight, this is the game for you, man.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right, Aaron. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about some community updates here on the Discord channel. We have a new... Uh, um, Amigos High Score Challenge uh, by none other than Paul a.k.a. Hermsky himself, but we should talk about the results of last month's High Score Challenge, which was Galactic, the Christmas edition. Uh, we want to congratulate Z9K9 for walking away with a win on that. A big 1,668,000 points. Congratulations to Z9K9 for done. taking that trophy. And uh, this week, Aaron, or I'm sorry, this month, Uh, Our High Score Challenge is one of my absolute favorite games on the platform. We are going to be playing Parasol Stars, Aaron, the third game in the Bubble Bobble Saga. So uh, looking forward to Parasol Stars. Uh, If you want to uh, participate, just uh, head on over to the High Score Challenge over on the Discord uh, server. And uh, you can put in a score, take a screenshot of it, and put your name up on the leaderboard. Now. Good. Over on the uh, Zinc- uh, Sinclair Spectrum side of things, the ZX Spectrum side of things, uh, the uh, high score action is hot and heavy on it is one of the hot and heavy. One of the first games that we played on our Sinclair, Aaron. More T Vicker, remember that game? <laughs> I absolutely remember that one. Yeah. That was that
2: uh, oddly named shooter.
0: Yes, that's right. So Mitsuyama is barely eking out 200 point difference between Mitsuyama and Z9K9 for the uh, the first place. But this is this is running all the way up until January 17th. So you guys still have a chance time. to uh, get that get get that score in on the uh, Specky High Score Challenge. Uh, let's see what else we got going on here, Aaron. Uh, we should probably take a second to thank everybody who supports this channel through Twitch. Uh, you know, we, we, get, we have uh, uh, just, you know, an unbelievable to me amount of Twitch subscribers, and we really appreciate you guys uh, either using your Amazon Prime Twitch subscription or uh, just subscribing to us the old-fashioned way on Twitch. So we want to thank a wide world of retro, Zuperdan, Piplo. Hermsky, Gary Heather, Wing Chun Wolf, Captain Chaos, DK, Retro Jerry, The Slow Norris, Blue Train, Christian Russel, Negsol Great Owl G, Rule of Thirds, Macintosh Librarian, Mitsuyama, Jigglebox, Frodo and L, Uber Scuba Diver, John Marshall, Pints and Amiga, Eeyore 4077, Buck Owens, and L, Curtis B. Man. Thank you guys so much for supporting us on Twitch. We it's also want to thank... Cast. We also want to thank uh, AGSC member and all-around awesome guy, Paul Bossman Harrington, for suggesting Knights of the Sky to the Game Selection Committee to vote on in I've been this waiting category. for this one.
2: I've been waiting yeah. to try this one, so that was a good choice.
0: Yeah. Now, Aaron, we have uh, a couple new supporters this week. We've got Super Famic King has joined us as an Amigos supporter. Hey, I hope
2: he listens ARG this weekend. We're doing SNES, so
0: get in there. I'm doing a
2: European exclusive boat, by the way, just for Uh, our fans.
0: Yes, yes, very good. I'm looking forward to that one. Super Famic King, welcome to the fold. And we have a new Amigos Game Selection Committee member, Bernard Quinn has oh. transformed himself from an Amigos supporter to an Amigos Game Selection Committee member. He's so the mighty
2: thank, Quinn now.
0: That's right. We uh, we thank you dearly. Come on without Bernard Quinn. Mm. So, uh, welcome, one and all. And of course, if you want to support Amigos, feel free to head on over to patreon.com slash Amigos podcast. Mm. Now, Aaron, last week... We had one of the most epic Patreon songs of all time. Outstanding. Yeah. uh, The Hip to be Square by Huey Lewis and the News. I know you hate Huey Lewis and the News, Aaron. I don't hate uh, them. I don't hate them. You told me you hated them. You said they were the most god-awful band you'd ever heard in your life. No, no, I never said that. (laughs) I don't hate them. I I like some of their stuff. Um, Well, I'll tell you who else likes some of their stuff. Almost everybody, because we got more entries. You know, there was a theory that somebody posited one time that people only write in when it's obscure songs that they know they don't guess the easy one. That's completely false, because we got a billion, a billion entries, and this is definitely not an obscure song. L. Curtis Boyle got it correct. Rob O'Hara, The Slow Norris, Gary Heather, Hermski, Jigglebox, Frodo and L., Terry Howard, Chris Folds, Mitsuyama, Andy Craig, Joseph Harrison, and Zorglub. Congratulations, yes. one and all. You got it correct. Now, Aaron, we have a new Patreon song today. If you know yeah. this song, send me an email at john at and I will announce you as a winner on next week's episode. Hit it, Aaron.
2: hell was that
0: <laughs> you know gonna kill bjorn barman is my new campaign slogan
2: yeah i like it i like that that, that was good that was i like that it started off strong and I, I regret the ending of that i don't know what happened there but uh, you ran out of names ran right out of
0: names <laughs> ran out of names so if you know that one john at amigos now aaron next week it is new amigo or amiga games week so Uh-oh. every once in a while we take a look at a oh, new brand
2: new. I got yeah, I got brand
0: new, brand new title. Uh, and so we are going to be talking about my vegetables. I'm going to chop down my vegetables. You know that song? This is
2: that puzzle game,
0: right? The That's right.
2: game. I think I saw uh, Amiga Bill. The king
0: of Amiga played this one time. It looked pretty good, Boat. And it's not just vegetables. It's Vegetables Deluxe. This is the new version that has just been released with lots of uh, cool upgrades and improvements. So i will be, be interested to check this out.
2: Yeah, because I hate puzzle games. So I'm looking forward to killing this. I mean, awesome. loving it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's going to do it for this week. Thanks, as always, for listening. We will see you next time. Until then. Oh, wait. Ha ha. We're not leaving yet. <laughs> What was that?
2: I was getting ready to say my word. What happened? That's
0: right. Don't say your word yet, because we have to thank all the fine folks that have joined us in the chat room. Yeah. We couldn't do this show without the moral support of all the fine folks that join us live on Twitch every Friday night at 5 o'clock Eastern. Before they showed up,
2: we just sat here looking dumb. Like, where's all of our buddies? We couldn't do it. (laughs)
0: So uh, we want to thank of course our two moderators which are just they're the best guys in the world Duncan Styles and Pixels at Dawn Gaming. Thank you guys so much for everything that you do especially your all your behind the scenes work. And in the chat room this evening we have Amiga Cammy, Amiga Live is here. Uh, Atten Barkbit, uh BikeMe is here, uh, Brock 101, Buck Owens joins us Christian Russel, CoBrian, Commander Root, Cowbird Boy Cyber John 36, Dancing Wolf, Edvin, Live from the Man Cave, Helen, Frodo L, Hermski, I am Paul H. Boss Man joins us, a rare appearance from Boss Man, John Marshall, <laughs> L. Curtis B., Lemon Juices 12, Litwarski, Mitsuyama, Yama, uh, M. Kelly, Olaf Hope, Only Amia, Picard 2010, R. Typer, Rubber Slayer, Squeaky 35, Super Tech Boy, Tom Toms, Tegosa VK, v Vigoro Pros, Z9K9, and Zorglove 45. Beautiful. Thank you guys so much for joining us this evening for a yeah, fun, appre- fun time.
2: We appreciate it, fellas. And I should mention, I think I will be doing a little live stream action later if you're feeling froggy. Around 9, 9.30 p.m. EST, Boat.
0: Oh, awesome. I will be there. Mm. All right, guys. We will see you next week for some vegetables action. Until then... Adios.